This is the Borderlands Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Bethany. And we've got some more stuff for you today. We actually have two very special announcements. Yes. Well, I think they're special. They're special for us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We recently started an Instagram for the podcast, so we're going to have some fun questions on there. That way we can kind of, you know, bring the discussion outside of the podcast and into Instagram. We can discuss with you guys. Um, So our handle is Borderlands underscore podcast. Yes. So I've already followed like a bunch of you, but if I didn't follow you, (laughs) feel free to yell at me and follow us. You should yell in a comment. Like How dare you? <laughs> you should follow me, and we probably would. Oh, I hundred percent would. So, and as you are looking that up, just mm-hmm. note Borderlands is also a video game. Oh, that is yeah. not us. Don't follow the video game. No, that's not us. Borderlands podcast. That's why we had to do the little underscore because Borderlands podcast was taken. Yes, which is depressing. But I'm very excited about the Instagram because it'll be a nice way to connect with you guys. Um, and like I said, kind of just bring the discussion out into the real world a little bit. So. Yeah, and, and that's really. We enjoy talking. We enjoy talking about these topics. <laughs> Did you know that we love to talk? <laughs> we, we, even today, we just said how we kind of like discussed a whole podcast before we recorded our podcast today. Yeah, Eric and I talked for a good 25 minutes before we started recording. And I was like, I like that we just, we just did a podcast before we even hit record. Yeah. And it was about an unrelated topic. It oh, wasn't yeah, like prep for this. It was like a different discussion. So that's, <laughs> that's why we're doing this, why we have that, because we want you guys to interact and not just interact with us, but interact with each other. Yeah. You know, starting the discussion is kind of the point. Right. So we have Instagram. We also have something else. And when I say new, it's this, real this new. is the new new. <laughs> the new new. That's the thing, I think. Someone said it. Someone famous somewhere. Eric Croft. I said it. It's the new new. Um, so it's, I'm like off track. I'm like, I, think that's <laughs> I was real. like, so what is it? <laughs> is it the real real? Anyway. Um, so it's this new social app called Lava because Lava's hot and exciting like new apps oh <laughs> i don't know why it's called lava oh i was like is that really why it's called no, i don't know <laughs> but it's called lava l-a-v-a and it is like instagram but for podcasts and audio in there you can like comment and interact directly with the podcast in lava so it's not just a secondary post so instagram is great because yeah. it's integrated it's everywhere you know a lot of people use it you can comment right on the actual audio right so you can go right to the audio in lava and (laughs) that's cool lava (laughs) go right to the lava Um, yeah and so the other thing that's cool about it is we can record the same way you can record a story on instagram we can record like an audio post Mm. like in between message or messages episodes (laughs) and such a pastor such a pastor (laughs) in between episodes uh, in posts, that's the word I was going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, in between posts, um, that kind of engage the questions that we have in other spaces. So if you prefer the audio or you're on an Instagram fast or... Or you want to download the next cool thing. Yeah, you want to follow us into being hipster, which <laughs> I remember when that term was lame and then when it was cool mm-hmm. and now it's lame again. We had for Spirit Day one year in high school, we had dressed like a hipster day. And I wore a beanie and glasses with the lens popped out. <laughs> it was amazing. Anyways. And then like a few years later, that was the thing. Exactly. <laughs> I remember when skinny jeans weren't popular. But follow us um, on Lava. We are just at Borderlands on Lava. At Borderlands. It's so new. We could actually get our handle that we wanted. <laughs> when, it, when we say that, like my initial handle, because I found this when it was in beta. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this has been live 
at time of recording, this has been live on the app store for like two weeks. Okay. And when I found it in beta, I had my first and last name just directly super easy. And then when I wanted to change it because we wanted to actually use it to borderlands, I just typed it in and that was it. And it was free. <laughs> and it was free and it was great Amazing. because you know, there's no one on there. So find us on Instagram, find us on lava, interact with us, let us know your thoughts. And I was about to say, like, I don't want like, I don't want like, Oh, I just want followers. You know, like I want like interaction. Like I want to talk with you guys. I want to, I want to learn from you. If you have something to add to what we said on an episode or shoot, if you disagree with us, Oh yeah. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. No. And I want to reiterate, we don't care about followers. I have no idea how many followers my personal Instagram has <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. Like this is just the, the Avenue. We are kind of between these apps and like, a web page on the church website and we're like, mm -hmm. we think this is better and more accessible. So this is for discussion purposes and interaction purposes. And even if you have a topic, you're like, Hey, I'd love to hear your take on this. These are great avenues. Honestly, I would love that too. To share that. Yeah. And we take, we won't promise anything, but we'll read all of them. We Every promise that single much. idea we will talk about. Oof. I'm just going to go in and put all my ideas under a different <laughs> account. So Bethany has there to, you go. Bethany has to go with them. But yeah. Oh do that. Gosh. That is, that's great. We would love for you to be part of that. Yeah. And yeah. So I wanted to bring up the topic we're doing today. Um, we talked about the opposite, or not the opposite, the inverse. Inverse. Because we talked about the difference. Right. <laughs> the inverse of consuming is creating. So we talked mm -hmm. about creativity. Yep. Um, and we kind of just wanted to expand on that a little bit and define what living creatively actually means, which... Kind of sounds like a big statement, but I feel like it's actually super simple. Oh, 100%. Like when people think like, oh, I have to live creatively. They're just like, well, I don't, I don't have time to like paint. Right. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I don't do that at work. I can't paint my computer. <laughs> I mean, you could, but like. You could open up paint on your computer. Oh, I loved paint as a kid. I played with paint all the time. Amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're going to get off on tangents this episode. But anyways, Please. I feel like, like that's kind of how I was. Like when I was in college, I would literally dedicate time to be creative. Mm -hmm. I went to an art school, yeah. so it was decently easy to do that. Yeah. But like I would like set aside time every Friday. I would go shout out Harold Washington Library. I love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would go to the library. I would like write for two hours mm. and then yeah. I would go to like our recording studio. And I actually did a podcast with one of my friends in college. Nice. And like I just... I had really structured creative time. Yeah. And then I left college <laughs> <laughs> and I joined the workforce, <laughs> you know, 40 hour a week job. Then I work a second job. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I don't have time to be creative anymore. Like I don't have a creative outlet, which is interesting that I thought that. Yeah. Cause I feel like now I'm realizing that, like, it's on me to make time for that. Yeah. You know? I, I think it is, though, a little bit. I, I don't think that's bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's where we're going to be going and how, to a degree, you do we do have to make time. And I think you could fall into, like, anyone can fall into the trap that if you're a graphic designer, mm -hmm. your artistic work becomes work and then it doesn't feel creative anymore. Oh, that's so true. I didn't even think of that. So I, I think there is that element of making time, but I think there's also the element of expanding your definition of creativity. Yeah. 
or our definition of creativity and how when we're talking about living a creative life, we're not just talking about art projects. Not at all. No, not not at all. So like this podcast for us. It's creative. It's creative. It's kind of an art project. Yeah. In, in some sense. And the fact that, you know, we dedicate time to it weekly, every other week. Mm-hmm. But this is not where our creativity ends or even begins. Right. This is just kind of like a pit stop. Yeah. Like, hey, we it's love. It's part of it. Yeah. It, it's a piece. You know, it's part of the puzzle. So when, when we were talking about this podcast, it made me think of something that I had learned in a class recently. And it was about. Eric, taking me to school. Let's go. <laughs> Will Kellogg. Mm-hmm. Okay. I keep thinking Clark Kellogg and the guy's like a color commentator for college sports. Oh, I was like, I don't know who Clark Kellogg is. Not Clark is. Kellogg. <laughs> um, no, Will Kellogg. Mm-hmm. He started Kellogg's. Oh. Like the cereal and <laughs> mm-hmm. like all that brand. Okay. Yeah. I don't know which cereals they make, but I know they're. Frosted Flakes? I think they're always like the most expensive ones, so I never got them. Oh, uh, fair. Okay. I, yeah, I think Frosted Flakes is Kellogg. If it's not, I'm sorry to Frosted Flakes. I mix up General Mills and Kellogg's. Oh. They, like, those are the big two. I'm Googling it while you're talking. Continue. Anyway, so <laughs> the guy that started Kellogg's way back in the 30s and 40s, he he incorporated machines into his like work assembly. I was right. Anyways, continue. <laughs> <laughs> it is? It's Frosted Flakes. It's Frosted Flakes. Yep. Okay. okay, great. great. Um, so he incorporated machines like a lot of companies at the time into their workforce. And instead of saying, well, we have these machines, we can up our production by 40%. Mm -hmm. He instead said, we can keep the same amount of production and shrink the amount of hours that the worker has to work to get that done. Right. So they used machines instead of upping production. They, I'm um, it as like a help to the worker. Now, I, I believe you read Bethany when we were talking about this that he did, he initially did that and shortened that shift to add a third shift of workers during the depression. I, yeah, it was like around the time of like the depression, like, like 37, World War II. 38. Yeah. Um, so he like shortened the week, I think, to 25 or 30 hours, and then there was a third shift, so more people could work and get jobs. But after the war, he didn't stop. He, d- he didn't stop doing that. He didn't bring all his workers back up to 40. He kept allowing them to work on the lower hours. Until 1980. Until 1980. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, that's really crazy. And I don't know everything about Kellogg's company, but I believe that that was around when he like was no longer in charge. Oh, yes. He passed. I'm just reading his uh, profile here. <laughs> he passed in... 1951 i think okay so this is way way after yes okay so i think that's really big deal and really important and this is this next like quote that i'm about to make or paraphrase is like the worst research i've ever done (laughs) i saw this oh no (laughs) you're gonna laugh at me i've googled it since Uh but i initially saw this when i lived in grand rapids i was like a floor attendant at a gym and i saw this on the tv that was playing either Fox News or CNN, Amazing. from across the gym on silent. Amazing. Okay. And I was so interested. I was like reading the subtitles Wait, of this thing. Wait, what did it say? Well, that's what I'm about to share. Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's, I don't have like a direct website uh, or something because gotcha, gotcha. I watched this on CNN from 90 feet away. Mm-hmm. But it was this guy who wrote a book and he talked about how he didn't think the 40-hour work week was beneficial. 
he was actually an advocate of closer to 20 to 25 hours. And the reason he said that was he believed that when workers had shorter hours, they didn't just work faster, but they, it was more um, like they had a goal. Like it was more per, beneficial. Yeah. So they had more of a goal per day. Like I have this much stuff I have to get done in my day instead of I have to be here for eight hours mm-hmm. and just keep working. And he said in his, albeit limited research, the people that he saw or he studied were just as or more productive than the people who worked eight hours every day because A, they had, you know, better Work-life balance kind of thing too. Well, and so that's what he was getting as a better work-life balance. So people Mm -hmm. didn't hate coming into work because they were able to be at home with their family, their kids, be with their friends, do things that were more enjoyable to them outside of work instead of giving so much of their week to work. Mm-hmm. And he said the companies that were involved thrived. They did well. Yeah. And so he was advocating for a shorter week. So all of that being said, we know it can be difficult sometimes to try to live a creative life. Mm-hmm. But we also know that it's not impossible. Yeah. I think when I say make time, like I don't want people to think that, oh, I'm just saying you're lazy or like mm-hmm. you're just tr- not trying hard enough. <laughs> Mm-hmm. anything like that like I don't want it to be construed like that but I think it's also like where your maybe where your priorities are yeah that's what I was gonna say okay yeah <laughs> I was like what do you say Derek but I mean think about your day and what you spend time on I'm sure that there's time in your day that you are not actively working at your job right um I'm sure there's time in your day where you're actively not like eating sleeping mm-hmm. right you know, all the functions of your day that you need to do. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, so what do you do with that time? I mean, some people watch TV, which I like TV too. I'm not saying don't watch TV. <laughs> Ted Lasso for the win. Oh, love We're Ted going Lasso. back through it. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, some people, I don't know, maybe take care of kids, take care of elderly parents, take care of a cat. I do. <laughs> You know, there's other stuff in your day, but you can be creative in all of those outlets. Yeah. And and I think so. I've told a few people about this um, on staff and, you know, in my interactions, and it's about reading. Mm -hmm. But I think the concept applies is if I think I've actually shared this a couple episodes ago. If you read 10 pages a day, you will read on average one to two books every month. Wow. If an average book is 150 pages right. in a 30-day month, 10 pages a day, that's 300 pages. Hmm. So just a little bit of that investment really kind of adds up. And I think, at least in this front, talking about living a creative life, I think that needs to be said, too, is that you don't have to block off like nine hours. hours a week yeah. you know, to like do something creative. You can focus a little bit on it you know, and build it and build it. And I, I think the other side of this that I kind of want to shift to a little bit is thinking about what is creativity and like, mm-hmm. how do I live that creative life? Because a, a lot of people think there are creatives and non-creatives. But it's like, we're all creative. We are all creative. And I, I think some of that, you know, comes into like, what do I see as creative? So I, I think I'm creative a lot in my problem solving. Hmm. Like how I see issues. I, I think that's a harsher word than I mean, but like anything that's not smooth sailing. Okay. This needs to be solved. I think one of my creative talents is how I solve that and trying to look outside the box, 
while also using resources and all these things. Right. You can't put that on a canvas. No. You can't display it in a museum. You can't hear it. But there's still creativity in it's that. It's still creativity. And it. so this is when we're talking about being creati- creative when you're a stay-at-home parent or you have a nine-to-five. There's ways to be creative. And we talked about that at the end of the last episode, I believe. There's ways to be creative wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I came across this study, and this is from a TED Talk. So this is real. Uh, good research. <laughs> this is real. Okay, this is in a TED Talk. And it was um, this man who was hired by NASA mm-hmm. in the 90s, I think. So this wasn't like recent. I would love to work for NASA. That'd when NASA was like. But I hate science. <laughs> I wanted to be an astronaut. So I, w- I wanted to work for NASA. Yeah. Too tall. But. <laughs> Um, he was hired by NASA because they said there's a lot of people that just can't cut it mm-hmm. working for our company. We want you to develop a test that will help us evaluate if someone is cre- a creative genius and is a good fit to work here at NASA, Ooh. which is like pretty high standard. Yeah. And so this guy made the test and evidently it was, it was successful and it worked. And as he was going, he thought, you know, he and his company, they're like, what if we gave this test to kids? What would happen? Or maybe what if we modified this test, you know, for kids, what, whatever. He didn't go into the details of okay. what the test said. Yeah. But like, what if we gave this test to kids? Mm-hmm. What would happen? When they gave it to kids, I believe they were like six-ish. Okay. It's like kindergarten. Yeah. Bethany, what percentage do you think tested at genius level mm. out of that group? Let's go half. Half? It was closer to 90%. Really? I believe it was 90 to 95%. Wow. Tested at genius level. So and then smart kids. Okay. That's what you say that. Mm-hmm. But then they retested them at age 12 and it dropped to like 30%. That's a big drop. Mm-hmm. And they gave it, gave it again after another five or eight years and that dropped to like 18%. And then the next time like, or no, it was 12, and the next time like 5, and then the next time like 2 to 2.5%. So by the time they reached adulthood, only 2 to 2.5% of them tested at that genius level. And what that showed uh, this man in his study was genius is not something that's caught or gained or developed. Mm-hmm. It's actually something that's often like you're born with. Yeah. Like we're all born with, and it's and something that's lost. Wow. So... Yeah, and we often look at geniuses when they're adults and say, wow, they were born with it. Mm-hmm. But it really was there across the board, and it's been lost or, as he said, unlearned. So how do we unlearn that? So he said a lot of that's unlearned by how we think about problems and how we interact with things and how we'll think of a creative idea or an innovative idea, and instead of running with it, Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of connect that with like daydreaming a little bit. Yeah. Like, let me, you know, let me put all the negatives aside and just see if we did this, what would happen and how would it go? Mm-hmm. But he said, people typically think of an innovative idea and they immediately think of why it won't work. And then they shut it down like immediately. I have to admit, I 100% do that. <laughs> like, I am very much that person where someone will be like, well, yeah. why don't you do this? And I'll be like, well, let me list the 10 reasons why I don't <laughs> do that. Instead yeah. of just being like, well, I could try it. Well, and that's really common. Mm-hmm. Like, like so many people I know do that. Hmm. And his point was, instead of trying to like elevate the geniuses or elevate the creatives, why don't you look for the genius or the creative inside of you? 
because it's probably there. I never thought like that kind of thinking would affect like my creativity. But at the same time, I think I mentioned on like an older episode that I'm so afraid of writing anything so it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, Which is, wow, okay, yeah. It, it kind of ties that intellectual side into like the vulnerability of creativity mm-hmm. and how like I'm going to think through the results of my creativity before I even act yeah, out because when you create something, then you put it out into the world for mm-hmm. critique. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I think that's where like we can like bridge this gap between genius, which we typically think of as intellectual and creativity, which we typically think of as more emotional, you know, kind of in the more feely kind of area of life. Right. And kind of bring them together when we look at things like problem solving or scientific innovation mm-hmm. or all of these things as both like and creative inventing endeavors. Inventing is creativity. Yeah. But it typically falls into the intellectual right. bin of life. But it's it's not just that. I think that's interesting that you bring up that the children all test it really high too because like Children have the wildest imagination. Wildest. I, I wanted to reiterate. <laughs> wildest. Crazy. <laughs> but that's so true, though. That's why, like, you give them, like, a fork and a spoon and they can play for days because they imagine that they're people <laughs> and, like, you know. Yeah. They can do whatever with just, like, a red crayon and a piece of paper and they're happy. Oh, yeah. But now, like, me, I feel like as an adult, I'm like, okay, I have to be listening to a podcast watching TV, writing something down, maybe painting my nails. Like, <laughs> I have to be doing yeah. 18 different things. Meanwhile, kids, like, their minds will just go wild. And we lose that. We unlearn it. We unlearn it. That's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. But I also think, I think the other really cool part of that And this is why I use the word unlearn. Mm -hmm. Like he did, I liked that. Yeah. Because if it's unlearned, it can be relearned. Learned again, yeah. I I think of it as like um, fitness. So I'm currently like, I've had some big shoulder injury for the last like six weeks. So I've not been in the gym for like six weeks. Mm -hmm. And I can tell, like, I don't feel the same. I've like lost a decent amount of muscle. Like it's not the same. Yeah. But I know that once I go back to the gym, I can redevelop what was already lost. And I think in this conversation, if you're listening, you're like, I'm not a creative person or I've lost that creativity. You can get it back. You can get it back. It can be relearned. It's it's another muscle to exercise inside of you. Both the genius and the creativity. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I always like, people always tend to think because it's like, oh, Bethany, you went to like an art school. You must be this (laughs) creative, like genius or something you know (laughs) and I just like I feel like I've kind of I've kind of lost it over the years Mm. as much as I love talking about living creatively and it's like something I'm Mm -hmm. super passionate about like this is a topic that I feel like I need to grow in and and so I'm gonna go off script for a second and I don't say this as an insult and you may respond and say Eric you're wrong and that's fine (laughs) I think location has part to do with it so we're in Downriver, and I don't think Downriver sees itself as a creative place. Mm. Detroit is actually a very creative place. Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, you know, out of you know cities in the country, it's it's up there in the amount of creativity that happens. But Downriver is not, and so being in that space, I think that kind of plays a role. Mm-hmm. You know, in you know, 
you were at an art school and you, you felt more creative. Right. Because you were in an environment that fostered that creativity versus if we're in a space that doesn't foster that creativity, it might be something that we have to build up from within and then share outwardly mm-hmm. instead of, you know, kind of receive from where we are. That might also like encourage the other people around you as well. Yeah. Because if everyone around you is kind of just like living that mundane life and they don't see like the value in being creative where they're at, then we're all just going to be doing the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that's, that's a lot of places. Mm -hmm. You know, I I love the fact that in Detroit, it's actually, it's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's relatively difficult to find like a chain restaurant in downtown. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are either one-off, you know, mom and pop shops or, you know, you do have some chains, but they're like, you know, one restaurant per city kind of a chain. Right. Versus like, hey, there's 60 McDonald's. Yeah. Let's go eat this and, you know, do the same thing we always do. So I love that. I think that's cool. And I I think place has a piece, has a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You know, like what is your context doing and saying about all of this? What, when you were, I want to go back to talking about children for just a second Mm -hmm. because you talked about their creativity and how, you know, you could stick them in a backyard with a stick and they have fun for like three (laughs) hours. They're good. That was my childhood, (laughs) you know, and it was so fun. I think that kind of made me think about what Jesus said when he was talking about faith and how like he, he tells us to have faith like a child. Yeah. I mean, do you think that's interesting? It makes me think, like, I mean, Jesus was very careful with his words. Oh, yeah. He did not say anything. Then he was like, oh, actually, I didn't mean that. (laughs) (laughs) So when it's like, have faith like a child, that was very deliberate. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a reason he said that. And so it's kind of (laughs) like, kids will believe what you tell them, but they'll also ask, like, like, I always just think of, like, when kids are like, but why? But why? <laughs> yeah. But because. Like, they're inquisitive, but they still, like, believe you and they still mm-hmm. follow you. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to think of is, but they're just. Curiosity? Yes. Eric's mm-hmm. in my brain today. <laughs> He's just right in there. Yes. Well, so, this isn't a boast, but that that was me as a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised by that at all. <laughs> So part of the reason we're talking about this from my perspective is this is how I do try to live life. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about so many things that I'm like outside of my realm and I'm not there. But this is something that like I care deeply about. Yeah. I remember in third grade, I was given, my teacher used paper clips because she didn't have like coins or anything. (gasps) You told this story. I was given a paperclip ration of the amount of questions I was allowed to ask each day because I just had so many questions. And, but that shows interest. That shows. Yeah, I, like, I I wanted to learn about everything. Mm-hmm. I still do. You know, you, you tell me, like a fact. I want to learn all the context of that fact and why it's important and how you got there. And there, there's more to it than just you know meeting the eye. And I think, I think you're right. When Jesus talks about having faith like a child, he said that on purpose. He, yeah. He could have said, "Have faith like me." which I think is what I would anticipate or right. have faith like Jesus because it's he's Jesus mm-hmm. or have faith like the prophets or have faith like a well, you know, a, 
a wise adult. I said a well-seasoned adult. You know, someone who's (laughs) had a lot of life experience, but he didn't. He said like a child. Like a child who doesn't have life experience. Because children have that like wonder and that Mm. like just like special like interest and like, I don't know. It's just like the way kids engage when they're actually really interested in something. Yeah. It's so different from when an adult engages with something. It's like they haven't been on earth long enough to try to be bored with it. Yeah. They're like, wow, this is all still so cool. They're like, cynicism isn't there yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is a tree. It's pure too. How it's did like, it get here? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's all wanting to know. Like, I love watching kids just stare out the window. Mm-hmm. Like when you're I driving. Used to, <laughs> I used to imagine like when I was on a car ride um, and the rain would be coming down, I would act like the raindrops were in a race and I would see which one would win. <laughs> glimpse into bethany's childhood there you go go. (laughs) yeah like just staring at the windows like watching everything and taking it all in and i think we can learn from that yeah i i think we can try to receive a bit of that wonder Mm -hmm. and and just watch what's around us and take it all in and you want to be you know creatively creatively stimulated Mm -hmm. look at what god has made and yeah, I don't that's mean so true. I don't even mean that in general. Like literally, walk up like six inches from a tree, and like stare at it, and like look at how intricate it is, mm-hmm. and how detailed it is. I always think about that when like every snowflake is different, every design, mm. and that's so tiny. What? Who said that? Who? <laughs> that every snowflake is different. Isn't do- that a thing? I mean, I've heard it, but like, how do we know? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I just assumed. I was told that by somebody. I was watching CNN on the TV at the gym. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I wasn't trying to critique you. I'm not oh, saying you're wrong. Eric Croft wants to fight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the point you made is perfect. But my first thought was like, have they tested them all? Like, how do okay, they know? I guess not every single one, but a lot of them are different. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And point taken. Point taken. You're correct. So yeah, like look at what God has made and just like, don't overlook it. Don't Mm -hmm. be like, oh yeah, that's a tree. It's like, oh no, look at how the sun hits it. Look at, you know, the bark or look at a snowflake when it lands somewhere and it's not melting Mm -hmm. and you can kind of make out the shape and just, you know, we, we go all the way back through these past episodes. You talk about we're creative because our God is creative and he created us. And he's created us to be creative. Mm-hmm. So going back to God as the source of our creativity. That's like square one. Yeah. Why do you think the Lord made us to be creative though? Like, why do you think that specifically is important? I guess. Cause I know we're talking about it and you and mm-hmm. I love being creative, but like, I feel like for some people, like if it's not their nature to do that, they're mm-hmm. probably like, <laughs> why though? <laughs> I'm going to give an answer that you probably don't like and mm-hmm. those of you listening probably don't like. Wonderful. Every snowflake is different. <laughs> <laughs> Every answer I give is different. <laughs> I think that if the Lord made us all creative, the reason must be for all of us to live creatively. And like, I don't say that and like, you know, imagine your mind being blown up. You yeah. Know, but like, so often we want an end to the means, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's true in this case. I, I think the reality is we're create like we're creative people, so we are meant to live that way. 
It's kind of like we try to make something difficult when it's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, I, I'm not, we, we don't need to elevate things, you know, beyond where they need to be. And like, I meant to be creative so that I can make the best artwork or I can write 17 books or I can solve all the problems. Those things happen mm-hmm. and it it's beautiful and it's great and it's beneficial to humanity and all of those things. But those aren't the reason. Yeah. Like creativity doesn't automatically breed like success or money or fame or importance even. Yeah. Like you can be creative for yourself. 100%. Now that's hard, hard to take in. Yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, we live in such a commodified society world Mm -hmm. that a lot of people want. It really pains me when I hear children talking and they say, I want to be famous one day. Yeah. And then they talk about how they can sing or dance or do whatever. Mm -hmm. And that creative thing is a means to the ends of them being famous right. or them making a lot of money or them it's having... It's not like, I love to sing no matter what. I'm going to focus on this one thing. And right. if A, B, and C come out of it, great. But I like to do this. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I want I want everyone to know my name, so I'm going to be the best at this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, how can how can you tie money to it? You know, how can, how can you sell it? How can you make a profit? And I, I do think there's a difference between like, hey, this is going to sustain my life. And like, this is something creative. How am I going to, how am I going to make more money from it or make more fame from it or make more notoriety or whatever from that thing? So, yeah, I I think it's for God or God made it for us to live creatively Mm -hmm. in that way. And I I think the other thing that I would tack onto that is using the word creative in almost a metaphorical way. Okay. Okay. It's almost a metaphor. In, so not fully. Not fully. <laughs> there, there's there's still a piece of like being tangible to this, but mm-hmm. we're called to create the future. So again, that's kind of a metaphor because it's like anything I do can create the future. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to kind of pit that against just walking into the future. And I feel like a lot of people just wake up and they live their life almost as the culture tells them to. Yeah. And then go to sleep and they do it all over again versus engaging the day and creating it. It's like, what are you adding to it? Yeah. I think people think it has to be some world changing Mm -hmm. thing that they have to like, everyone needs to know my name or I need to make a huge impact on the world so I can change this. But it's like. Maybe start with like your neighborhood. Start with where you're at. Yeah. So in college, first time around, Mm -hmm. I took a class on sustainability. And if you ever have the chance to take a class in the Bahamas, I would recommend it. Ooh. Because 16. Can I just go to the Bahamas? I mean, that too. (laughs) 16 days in the Bahamas is great. Um, But when it's part of your like school tuition, it's even better. That's fair. Um, But before we went, we studied some sustainability concepts. And this one was like about ecology in general, but. The professor was wise enough and most of us in the class kind of recognized how this concept was beyond that. And it was called the tragedy of the commons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is like a weird way to name something. But yeah. the whole point was like the commons. So like people in general. Yeah. Okay. They believe that their you know, 1% difference doesn't do anything. Mm. It's like, I'm not going to, like you just said, I'm not going to make this big 
dramatic, world-changing thing. It's like kind of how people think like their one vote won't matter, so they right. don't vote. Right, so the one thing I do isn't going to matter, mm -hmm. so they don't do it. And the tragedy is that if everyone poured in their 1%, so much change would happen. Mm. But because everyone's just looking at themselves and their one instead of, well, I'm going to do this one thing. Yeah. And hopefully someone else does this other thing and someone else does this other thing. And together, we all do amazing things. Now, I think that can't be lost on us as Christians that we want to... <laughs> I think the lie of my college age was change the world for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't we just change our plot of land for Jesus? Yeah. Because if we all do that, then the world then we'll changes change the world. Yeah. Instead of like, I'm going to become larger than life and change 60 billion people over millions of generations. Cause video exists now and right. I'll be played for no, just bloom where you planted. Be where you are. Bloom where you're planted. I love that. I think also, like, everyone around us and, like, our life, like, it's all being created. People around us mm. are being mm -hmm. creative. Things are being created around us, whether we're doing it or not. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. So it's like we can be a part of that. It's kind of like how there's like a culture around us and we can either like choose to be a part of that culture or like create our own, like create mm -hmm. how we're going to live. You know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like people think like, Oh, well that person's more talented than me. So like, that's why they're created. Or yeah. I feel like talent plays a lot of the creativity <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Cause like, even if people don't think like, okay, I, I, we know it's not just painting. We've said that. Um, but, like, we all have our own special individual talents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just because it may not be, you know, maybe as outwardly to you. Like, yeah. you can't sing or you can't dance or you can't crochet. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever engaged a famous crochet. Hey, I'm sure there is one. You could be the first. I'm sure there is one. But we, we all have our talents. Maybe you are really good at like homemaking, like having people over mm -hmm. planning events, like inviting people into your home and like making them feel welcome. That's creating a space. Oh yeah. And to continue that illustration, I, I think a lot of people who have those talents don't realize how many other people don't yeah. have that talent and that like, no, you can't sing or dance but you make someone feel welcome the moment they walk in. Mm -hmm. I've been in so many places where people tried and failed yep. on accident, not on right. purpose, just they did their best and it, it, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we, we spend so much time comparing that we miss the talent we really have. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I want to emphasize that creativity is happening. Mm -hmm. The future is being created. Yeah. The question isn't, are we going to create the future or not? The question is, are you going to be a part of it? Are you going to be a part of creating the future or <laughs> yeah. not? Because it's being created. Right. I mean, American culture didn't just, this isn't how it's been for the entirety of the nation. It changes. Mm -hmm. It's been created by people. Right. So are you going to be a part of that or are you not? I'd like to be a part. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> Yay. You can. I think living creatively like, when we're not living creatively, I think that affects our mood. 
like I think that affects like who kind of we are as people because I feel like living creatively is kind of like our output in life. Mm -hmm. Like it's the thing that we can like release our emotions into. Like I don't know about y'all, but when I go to work, I I don't feel a lot of joy (laughs) (laughs) from that. But like if I maybe saw it in a different lens and a more creative lens, Mm-hmm. Maybe I would. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. Because I, we talked about this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of expanding, you know, what that means. You know, like it's not just okay. I have to go and make something at work, but how am I going to be hospitable to coworkers, or how right. how am I going to engage this relationship? Mm-hmm. How am I going to talk to that person who's not good at talking to other people? Yeah, <laughs> me. <laughs> you know, being a conversationalist is a talent. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. You can be creative in those ways. Yeah. And I was actually thinking, I think that might be, because I was like, what are the different ways I'm creative? Because I know you said problem solving. And I was like, yeah. is mine talking? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> yeah. No, it probably is. Yeah. So like, I'm I'm pretty good behind a mic. You put me in a group of like five people that I don't know. I don't say anything. Oh, uh, that's fair. Like that's, but I know other people that like, they are they the conversation starter. Yeah. Actually, this reminds me of a story. I was talking to my friend yesterday and they were like, oh, I went to this party over the weekend mm-hmm. and I didn't know anyone other than my significant other. It mm-hmm. was like all their friends. So like I didn't know anyone okay. and I loved it. Oh. None of them have ever heard any of my stories. I could tell them whatever. <laughs> we became friends. I got like 10 people's numbers. Oh. They were like, I loved it because I could just really introduce them to who I was. Which wow. is not me. That sounds like a nightmare. I'm, I mean, I'm right. so thankful for it. Like, that's awesome that they can do that. Mm-hmm. But like, I think this, it's, it's, you're explaining the point perfectly. Yeah. Like, I would have said, I went to this party with my wife and we didn't know anybody. And we sat there for 20 minutes and left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a talent. And people don't think that. And it's creative. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, we want to expand that definition. Yeah. To include stuff like that in what creativity is. Because you listening right now, you are creative in a way that maybe you don't know it. Maybe you need to do some soul searching. Um, but like you are creative in whatever area of life yeah. you're in. And you can learn to be more creative there Absolutely. too. Absolutely. It can grow. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like when we were talking about this, this the illustration that came to my mind was like living without creativity was kind of like a car trying to run on cornstarch instead of gasoline. There's liquid and it, it tries to happen. All the pieces are in place, but the fuel isn't right. Right. And it's it's not working properly. But when we pour creativity into our lives, it begins to... Unfortunately, the word in a, a car engine is combust, but I'll prefer <laughs> blossom or flourish. Yeah. You know, it begins to actually work the way we want it to work and, and become not overnight, but more the life that we love because we're pouring ourselves into humanity mm-hmm. instead of just sitting back and waiting for whatever's next to happen. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I meant too when I meant like creativity, I feel like is really an outlet for your emotions because when you are creative, you get to like, it's kind of like you get to pour yourself into something. Mm-hmm. So like that does bring like a joy and a contentment and an excitement and like it brings connection with other people. Yeah. 
it's just because it's a it's a part of you I feel like creativity is just like a part of who you are and you Mm -hmm. get to show that with others yeah and and if like creativity is never done in a vacuum right zero percent of creative endeavors outside of what god did in creation Mm -hmm. is never done solo yeah at minimum your inspiration comes from someone or something else yeah even if you're creating by yourself like Mm -hmm. you are inspired to create whatever yeah and and so yeah that, that builds those relationships either like your relationship with the lord or the person that inspired you or the person you're working with or whatever so we really want to take the definition of creativity and kind of shift it and lower it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not this high in the sky, really prized idea. It's, I mean, in value it is, yeah. but in like what is counted as creativity, we want to shift that over and include, include the arts, but include a lot of other things and lower the bar and include things that we think might just be everyday interaction mm-hmm. into the category of this is creative living yeah. right here. This is engaging life on a creative level. It's kind of like what we're saying. Like whatever your life is now, we're not saying you have to completely shift your day-to-day activities. <laughs> not saying, you know what, you need to live, creative, live creatively. So like just quit your job, you know, just yeah, disregard all your responsibilities. Hope for the best. Just hope for the best. <laughs> but like live creatively through your mm-hmm. daily tasks. Yeah. Or don't just like be like, okay, well, I can live creative on Saturday and Sunday, but Monday through Friday, mm. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> because that's not true. We There's so many different ways that we can live creatively through maybe the mundane parts of life. Yeah. And if you're not sure how to even figure that out, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to episode two when we're talking about questioning and engaging things. Mm-hmm. When when we like shift from acceptance or watching or listening to engaging life, yeah, I feel like these maybe not direct avenues, but opportunities for creativity kind of sprout a yeah. little bit more and, and we're paying attention to them. So one way we want to talk about some, the phrase we came up with, with was non-normative creativity. So normative creativity is like everything we've talked about, painting, painting dancing, dancing, yeah, you know, all of those stereotypical creativity things so non-normative creativity are these are ways we've seen or experienced creativity in a way that is creative but doesn't meet the typical standard mm-hmm. okay it meets our standard right and, and so one of them that i've had a decent amount of interaction with lately are b corporations the letter not like the bumblebee hi, not like hives you know like i've interacted with bees in their corporations <laughs> b corporations okay i don't actually know what the letter b stands for because in my head they should be A corporations. Yeah. Or something else or S for like sustainable. But B corporations, it's actually a certification that a company can get based upon their environmental impact, their impact with their workers, mm-hmm. how like if they pay everyone a living wage or not. Mm. You know, how much waste they make, you know, how much not just waste as a company, but like in our product makes this much waste individually and as a company we make this much waste and all of that so the top tier companies are certified b corporations and we say those are creative because they they found a problem and they creatively solved it Mm -hmm. the problem was there's a lot of companies in the world but at minimum in the united states that are harming where we live they're harming the people they're harming the environment they're 
honestly harming the consumer by what they're selling. So we want to make a standard that changes that. And you can look at B corporations and buy stuff from them. I just bought a pair of boots from a B corporation and it's one of the best things I've ever purchased. Like mm-hmm. they're amazing. Yeah. But they kind of broke that mold of creativity. These are all businesses. I was going to say, when you think of like a business world, you don't think of creativity usually. Yeah. Or you think of creativity maybe in like a advertisement or something yeah, like that. It's usually like outsourced or mm-hmm. a, a portion of the company. Like this is our creative wing. Right. Yeah. The creative department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of like, no, we're all going to be creative, both in our arts, but also in how we exist as companies. Yeah, how we actually run the business. Mm-hmm. So I love B Corporations. I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so check them out. This is not an ad. This is just a recommendation. Check out B Corporations. <laughs> Get one of them to sponsor us. Just oh kidding. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but yeah, check them out. I, I think that's a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, and top tier of those is Patagonia. You don't have to buy their um, stuff. If you don't yeah. like them, that's fine. But even just look at how they run as a business. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big one. Another one we mentioned a handful of episodes ago was raising kids. Yeah. Like, I had talked about how yeah. my therapist, like, this was a few months ago now, when I was talking about, you know, like, I just don't know like, what my passion is. And she was like, well, like, I really thought my purpose in life was to be a mom, to raise children. And at the time when she said that, I was like, Interesting. (laughs) I've never heard someone word it like that. (laughs) Yeah. But there's creativity in that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, I'm sure parents are probably like, yeah, there's a lot of creativity. (laughs) (laughs) But it is so true. I mean, you are, you're shaping a person. Mm -hmm. You're like molding someone into, you know, you want your kids obviously to be the best people that they can be. So you can be creative in that. And I think that might help with, like, the imagination, too. Yeah. You know, we were talking about, like, how kids have a wild imagination. Yeah. I'm sure that probably helps parents when their kids mm. are like, oh, you know, play house with me or whatever. Like, you kind of ha- like, I'm sure you're probably like, oh, that's silly. But then you kind of get in the mindset of, like, okay, no, like, let's just play around for mm-hmm. a little bit. And that's creativity. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I'm not a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not either. But I was a kid once. So I've had experience from that side of the perspective. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Um, But like, I remember things, some of the things I loved the most growing up were things that were like, weren't stereotypically like what parents do. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents, we did like staycations and all these things. And they creatively tried to engage us as kids. And I believe we benefited from it as adults now. So those are just two examples. I mean, there's there's probably more examples of creative living than I mean, we even, examples. we even mentioned some too, like, yeah, you know, throughout. being a homemaker. You said you're problem solving, um, you know, being a good coworker. I was thinking this one is kind of silly, but I was thinking about this today because I mm-hmm. knew we were going to talk about it. Okay. And I was like, even what I wear to work every day, mm-hmm. like, I really think about like, okay, like, what's my outfit going to be? And like, okay, what can I pair with this? I know that's like, kind of silly but it's also like how i present myself in a workplace can be creative okay i love that you say that so at the time of recording like i'm actually matching i I have two articles of clothing on that are matching for the first time in who knows how long (laughs) because i don't like to match yeah i I coordinate that's just kind of how i wear things but no i i agree you know Mm -hmm. what i put on is a thing so the fact that i have like a light blue shirt 
that match my light blue tennis shoes. That mm-hmm. was like a thing. And when I put it on today, I'm like, that looks nice. I'm matching. Yeah. This doesn't happen very often. Right. And like, I didn't necessarily intentionally have a creative expression for my outfits, mm-hmm. what I wore, but I noticed I did this morning when I changed it. Yeah. So there's so many ways to be creative. So many ways. But find a way that works for you. And try. Yeah. Try. Don't say, I'm just not creative. Because you are. (laughs) And don't just try to swing for the fence. Yeah. Start with, you know, really taking in what you're wearing tomorrow. You know? Be like, okay, I'm going to pick out a nice sweater and a pair of pants. That's what I'm wearing. But But you you can start small. And... Put it into your daily life. You don't have to plan out three hours to be creative. Yeah, plan out 10 minutes, mm-hmm. 15 minutes. Read 10 pages of a book. <laughs> yeah, do that. Write 10. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just do your best. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's the best advice I can give because we so often see best in the stars, and we're going to wrap up with this. We see people who are so good and amazing that we think, well, I'm never going to be that, so I won't. But the truth is, A, everyone started somewhere. Yeah. And B, God didn't ask you to be them. He didn't make you to be them. He made them to be them. He made you to be you. And also, they can never be you. They can never be you. That's some truth right there. So... Eliminate your comparisons. Focus on the Lord and his calling. And just be who you feel called to be. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to what God has in front of you and do your best. Do your best. Be creative. Live the life of creativity God has called you to. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>